We are on Zion Amad Aleph, but we have a few words left from uh, Vav Amad Beis. Uh, so we're going to start there, but I'm going to summarize so we can get right into it. Yesterday we raised a difficulty. There's an apparent contradiction between the Brisa in Shabbos that defined the domains and a Mishnah in Taharos that compares the laws of Shabbos to the laws of Tumah, to the laws of ritual impurity. The Brisa said <clears throat> that a Bikah, that an open field, is a Carmelis, is a rabbinic domain. When we look at the Mishnah in Taharos, it says that a Bika for Shabbos, whether it's winter or summer, is a Rishus Yachid, is a private domain. So we have a contradiction. The Brisa said that the Bika is a rabbinic domain, and the Mishnah in Taharos said that a Bika is a Rishus Yachid, is a private domain. Ula answered a very interesting answer. He said that although the Mishnah in Taharos said that a Bika is a private domain, it didn't mean it literally. It only meant that it's a private domain in the sense that it's not a public domain, but it really is just a rabbinic domain. And even though that seems very hard-pressed, it makes sense, because the Mishnah in Taharos was comparing Shabbos, which has three categories, public domain, private domain, rabbinic domain, to Taharos, to the laws of, of spiritual uncleanliness, which only has two domains, public domain and private domain. So it makes sense when you're contrasting those laws to use the word private domain, meaning not public domain, even though as far as Shabbos is concerned, we meant a rabbinic domain. That was Ula's answer. Rav Ashi offers an alternative answer, and what he does is he says that the use of the word bika of an open field in Taharos doesn't mean the same thing as it meant in the Brisa of Shabbos. Of Ashiyamar, he said, Kagon de Isle Mechitzos. He says, No, when the word bika, open field, was used in Taros, it doesn't mean a literally open field. It means a field that's surrounded by partitions. It has a wall around it or fence around it. And it's really teaching me this very special law of a fenced-in area that is essentially a private domain that we are strict with because it looks so public and we limit its laws to the laws of a public domain. Now, and that's, let's see what it is. He taught us, If you have a corralled area, a fenced-in, large, a, a large fenced-in area that's larger than, than a base it's a large area, that was not fenced in for the sake of human habitation, vafilu kor, even if it's much larger, or kor, vafilu korayim, even double that large area, hazorch l'tochochayim. Any person who throws something in from the public domain into that fenced area is liable from the Torah for bringing in from the public to the private. Because my time, what's the reason? Mechitzahi, because it's a partition, and therefore it's a, it's a private domain. The only thing is, elashimachuser is the urine, it's just not a place where people live, and the rabbis were stringent. Even though it's a private area, it looks so much like a public area, they said, you can't carry four cubes in that private area, which of course normally you could do, but here you can't. It looks so much like a public domain that you have to limit it to the laws of a public domain, and you can't carry four cubits even in this private area. So therefore he says there's no contradiction because the word bika in the mission of Taharis that we find as a private domain really is a private domain because it has, has a fence. And the word bika in the mission of Shavos was a, was a rabbinic domain because there's no fence around it, and it's a rabbinic area. Bishlam Rav Ashi, Lomar Kodulo, the Gemara says, now, it makes very good sense that Rav Ashi did not answer the way Ula answered. Why? Because Ula had, a, what at first glance, was a very hard-pressed answer. He said that when the Mishnah and Taharos used the word, said that the Bika is Rishus Yachid, is a private domain, it didn't mean private domain. It just meant not public, i.e. rabbinic. Okay? He says that's a very hard-pressed way to explain the words. You took them out of there, you took the word private domain out of its literal meaning. Ela Ula, my time alone, Kershmaise, but it's very hard to understand why Ula, who 
was actually the, who was actually the one who taught us the whole lesson about this corralled in area, why didn't he utilize his own law to answer the contradiction in the same way that Ravashi did and say that Bika and in the, in the Mishnah of Taharos really meant a fenced in area like his law? Amalachai says, I'll tell you what, he would say to you, why? If you're telling me that the case of Bika in the Mishnah of Taharos is really a fenced in area, Bika Karila, then would you call it a Bika? Would you call it an open field? Karpefu, you have to call it a fenced in field, a corral, whatever word you want to use. And Ravashi, and what Ravashi say? He says, and how about you? He says, you're taking the words private domain in the mission and saying that private domain doesn't mean private domain. It means not public, i.e. rabbinic. Obviously, the fight between the two answers, between the two rabbis, is, this, is which answer is more hard-pressed and which answer is less hard-pressed. To make the next part easier, I just want to define the term Karen and that is a hidden corner adjacent to the public domain. Imagine the following. If you have a row of houses that are flush with the public domain, but one of those houses, let's say there's houses A, B, and C, and A and C are flush with the public domain, and house B is recessed. It's built backwards. So you would have a rectangular area next to the main road that would that you could overflow into in front of house B in front of house B. Alternative let's say house B instead of simply being recessed was built caddy corner so its corner abuts the public domain then you'd have two little areas that you would have that you would be able to overflow from the public domain into that little area in both of those cases though imagine if people walking the main road went into that one uh, area or those two areas it wouldn't be very comfortable to use because they would have to go off the road and then in order not to knock in either to the wall of house C or to the wall of house B itself if it, had, if it was caddy corner they would have to walk back out again. So it's not really that useful for the public. And with that, we can continue the Gemara. The Gemara says, Vakarmalis, after the Mishnah, after the Brisa, pardon me, listed three rabbinic domains, it then concludes the list with saying, and the rabbinic domain. So the Gemara says, that doesn't make any sense. Atukulu nami lav karmalis nenu. Weren't the three things that you just said a minute ago, weren't they all public domains? Where you say, you mentioned public domain type one, type two, type three, and then public domain. You already said that. Why did you have to say public domain? The answer is that we're talking about this very famous Pardon me, you said, you said rabbinic domain, rabbinic domain, rabbinic domain, and then you said rabbinic domain. So the answer is that he says that we, are, that we use the word rabbinic domain to talk about a very famous case of rabbinic domain. It was that was necessary. The word rabbinic domain was there to tell me about this hidden area next to, this hidden corner next to the public domain that we just defined. Even though there are times when the, when the public domain is very crowded and people walk into, they go into that area, that corner adjacent to the public domain, since it's not pleasant to use, as we explained, it is really compared to a rabbinic domain and not to a public domain. And simply here, a public domain has to be a place that the public uses when it's not really public or not really accessible to the public. And as in this case, it's going to be a rabbinic domain and not a public domain. And as we continue, we have more cases that are or might be rabbinic, even though they're public, because the public doesn't really access them. Kiatur of Dimya Rabbi Yochanan, he said, Benamudim, in the public domain, they would have pillars where the merchants would hang the things that they're selling. And those pillars were not even, not even in straight rows. So people could get through, but it wasn't so pleasant. So that area between those, those pillars, Nidon Kakarmalis, that's called rabbinic domain. My time, what's the reason? Afogaf to Darsi Rabbi, even though the many, even though 
though the multitudes walk through, since they can walk, can't walk straight through because they're not they're they're scattered, they're not in an organized fashion, since it's not pleasant to walk through them, damya. Again, it's compared to a rabbinic domain and not to a public domain. So that was one opinion. Amrav Zeyram, Rav Yehuda, second opinion says, it's tabush lifnei the benches, those like we similar to what we spoke about before, those blocks or benches where the where the merchants sit or place their merchandise, which are in front of those pillars, he says that is a rabbinic domain. And we see that it's, he, they actually said two different things. The one who said that between the pillars is a rabbinic domain, because it's not so comfortable for the, for the many to use. All the more so, it's Taba. Certainly would say that that area where the, where the benches are is a, is a rabbinic domain, because it's really not, not useful to the public. It's really not usable. Lamanda Amr it's Taba, but the one who said that the bench area is a rabbinic domain, it's Taba Hudalo Nichatash Mishte. It was specifically the bench area which is not pleasant to use, that's a rabbinic domain. But he would say the area between the pillars, the Nichatash Mishte, which is pleasant to use, lo, it's not a rabbinic domain, it'll be a public domain with all of the stringencies that apply. Lishnachrin, another version of the same point, the same same thing again. Where did he, when did he say it's rabbinic? It's the benches which are really uncomfortable, which are really not used. But between the pillars, the zimnin, the dasili rabim, where there are times when the many do walk through that area, even if it's not 100% pleasant, he would hold that is a public domain. So we really have a debate whether the area between the pillars is a rabbinic domain or a public domain. In theory, anything that was is within three handbreadths of the ground of the public domain is nullified to the public domain and has the rule of the public domain. But we're going to have some discussion about anomalies. Am Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, Levena zakufa If I have a brick that is three wide and three long, with a and its thickness is is variable, and it is lying on the ground with its thickness going from the ground towards the sky, so it's three by three flat on the ground, and somebody threw something in the public domain, four cubits, and it stuck, it was something sticky, and it stuck to the side of it, then the person is obligated, as we're going to learn many times, that when something sticks uh, even to a vertical wall in the public domain, it's considered as if it came to rest on the floor of the public domain, so the person will be liable for carrying four cubits in the public domain. Al-Gaba, but if the same thing that he threw came to rest on top of the brick, Potter, he is exempt, as we're going to see in a minute, simply because he is on, simply because he is on a, an exempt area. Abai and Rabba both said, That's only true because when the width of the brick is three handbreadths high, because once you're three handbreadths high, you're no longer nullified to the floor of the public domain. And since we have a flat area above the public domain, above three, it defines its own area. However, since it's less than four by four, it's only three by three, it's an exempt area, and the person will not be liable for carrying four cubits in the public domain because he put it down, not in the public domain, but in an exempt area. And why is that? He said, because once it's three high, the low Darcy Barabim, because people don't walk over it. And the whole reason he's saying why things within three of the floor of the public domain are nullified to the public domain is because people walk all over them. But once something is three high, it, it's no longer considered the public domain because people don't walk on it. It's its own place. And in this case, it's an exempt area. Just to summarize, to make it easy, if I have a pillar in the public domain between that it's 10 high and 
and 4 by 4 that defines a new private domain. If it's between 3 and 10 and 4 by 4 that's a rabbinic domain. But it, let's say, for example, if it's between 3 and 10, the same case, but it's not 4 by 4 it's only 3 by 3 that's an exempt area, and that's what we said the face, the top of this brick was. But we said also, why did you need 3, three height? Because it's 3 height that allows it to escape the being, being nullified to the floor of the public domain. And the reason is because people don't walk on something that is three handbreadths high. However, they said, when it comes to various types of thorns that people don't want to walk on because they, they're going to hurt them, then even if it's not three high, you threw something four cubits in the public domain and it came to rest on on thorns that are less than three high, which you should say now, what do you mean? So you should be liable because it's less than three high, it's nullified to the floor and it came to rest on the floor of the public domain. Even so, he's still not liable. Why? Because those kinds of things, even when they're less than three, people don't walk on them and since they're not nullified, they are also, they are also not they're also it's also not considered that they came to rest in the public domain they're also an exempt area said no nothing doing even various types of thorns if they're less than three the person is going to be liable because people have shoes on they can walk on them so i can't say that thorns are their own space thorns if they're more than three okay but then the person won't be liable but if they're less than three they're nullified to the public domain and the person is liable when it comes to rest on them i will so he says but i'll admit to you he says why when it comes to excrement that nobody walks on low then the person will not be liable if if it came to rest on excrement that's less than three high, then the person will be liable, even though it's less than three, because nobody walks on that. And but because nobody, pardon me, the person will not be liable because nobody walks on that, and therefore and it defines its own space. Ravashi says differently than the first two opinions. He says, "I don't care." He says, "I'm Rafila so He says, "Even excrement, I don't care if people walk on things or don't walk on things, and even excrement that people don't walk on. It's a hard and fast rule. Everything that's within three handbreadths of the floor of the public domain." is considered the public domain, whether people walk on it or not. And everything that's above three, uh, th- three handbreadths is no longer considered the floor of the public domain. So what came to rest above three will not be considered a coming to rest in the public domain. And a person who threw uh, four cubits and it came to rest above three will not be liable. And less than three, I don't care what it is. I don't care whether, I don't care whether it's a brick. I don't care if it's it, it, thorns. And I don't care if it's even excrement that nobody walks on. As long as it's within three, it's considered to have come to rest and the person will be liable. In order to make this to make the next part a little bit easier, I just want to explain the following. Although yesterday we said that when it comes to the laws of carrying, the rabbinic domain gets the stringencies of the laws of carrying both of the public domain and the private domain, i.e. that you can't carry from the rabbinic domain to the public domain or to the private domain, or to it from the public domain or from the private domain. Not only that, but within the rabbinic domain, you cannot carry four cubits in the same way that you cannot carry four cubits in a public domain, even though you can carry four cubits in the private domain. That's as far as the laws of carrying. But when it comes to the what defines, what creates the rabbinic domain, it actually gets the leniencies of both the, pub, the public domain and of the private domain. It gets the leniency of the private domain in this respect. A private domain has to have an area of 4 by 4 and if it does not have it, if it has an area less than 4 by 4 it does not constitute a private domain. So too, a rabbinic domain, it has to have a minimum area of 4 by 4 and if it has less, it will not become a rabbinic domain. 
Also, it gets the leniency of a public domain in this respect. A public domain only extends in height up until 10 handbreadths. The airspace of a public domain above 10 handbreadths does not have the law of a public domain, but rather of an exempt area. So too, so too, the airspace above 10 handbreadths in a rabbinic domain is no longer a rabbinic domain. It gets the law of an exempt area. So now let's learn those laws inside. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, Ein karmelis pechusami arba. He said the rabbinic domain, there's no rabbinic domain less than within an area of four by four, just like a private domain. And Rav Sheshis says, now it's going to be hard to understand these words, but he says, ad asara. It reaches until 10. And we're going to say now, we happen to know that that means that it only goes as high as 10, just like a public domain is only a public domain until 10. And the airspace above 10 in the public domain is, a, is an exempt domain. So to in the rabbinic domain, it only goes up until 10, and the airspace above 10 is an exempt area. But the language that it reaches until 10 is not clear, and the Gemara is going to spend time now, really two times, by process of elimination, showing that those words, reaches until 10, mean that it only extends up until 10 and not higher. So even though we just spoiled it, <laughs> The Gemara says, "My tofeses ad asar." What does it mean that it reaches till ten? So the Gemara is now going through the process of elimination to understand what it means. Elam, if I take an easier way of understanding, the ika mechitz asara who the heavy karmelis. Maybe you want to say what it means is that in order to be a rabbinic domain, it has to have a wall that is ten high, similar to what we learned what we learned earlier by the corralled area that has it had a wall of ten high, and it was it was a rabbinic domain in the sense that even it was even though it was a private domain, we were weren't allowed to carry four cubits because it looked like a public domain. Be low, low, Havi Carmelis. But if it's not 10 high, it will not get the laws of a rabbinic domain. The Gemara says that doesn't make any sense. If you want to say that's what it means, it doesn't. Why? Because I'm going to show you that even a, an area that does not have a partition 10 high can still be a rabbinic domain. Below, you want to tell me that you can't have a rabbinic domain less than 10 I? Didn't we learn? Let's say you have a house that doesn't, uh, you have a, a room, uh, you, have, you have a house that is very wide, but very, very low. It doesn't reach to 10 hand breasts high. Let's say, just for argument's sake, that it's nine hand breasts high. And the ceiling, the, the width of the ceiling makes it actually 10. So on the roof it's 10, but inside the house it's only 9. If a person is mikulo, if you're on the roof, a person is allowed to carry as far as they want, 50 cubits. The whole roof you can carry. Why? Because that is truly a private domain. It's 10 high. It's 10 high, and it's clearly much more than 4 by 4 wide. You can carry all the 4 by 4 handbreaths. You can carry as many cubits as you want. But Toho, however, inside of the house, which is only 9 high, even though it's quite wide, a metatlimbo eladalat amos. You're not allowed to carry within it except 4 cubits. Why? Because since it doesn't define a private domain, because it doesn't have walls that are 10 high, it it gets a, a rabbinic domain, and you cannot, it has a stringency that, that you cannot carry more than four cubits. So you see that you have a rabbinic domain that's not 10 high. So the meaning of the word reaches till 10 can't be that a rabbinic domain has to have a wall 10 high, because clearly this case is specifically because it doesn't have a wall of 10 high, 10 high that makes it a rabbinic domain. 
So then again, by, we have to still examine what does it mean that it reaches till 10? The Adyud Hu Debi exactly what we said before. It means that up until 10 hand breaths, it's a rabbinic domain. But if it's above 10 hand breaths, but it's above 10 hand breaths, it's not a rabbinic domain. So for example, let's say if something was stuck to a wall, a vertical wall, sticky stuff was stuck to a a vertical wall uh, in a rabbinic domain above 10 handbreaths, it will not be considered to be at rest in the rabbinic domain. It's in a free space. Or alternatively, let's say somebody caught something in their hand in, in the airspace above uh, in the airspace above 10 handbreaths in a rabbinic domain, that's considered an exempt domain. They'd be allowed dark, but not When somebody threw something from the public domain into that private domain and it rested on the top of that reed, even if that that reed was a hundred cubits high. Chayev. The person will be liable for carrying from the public domain, for transferring the public domain to the private domain, even though it's a hundred cubits high. Because the facts are that the private domain extends all the way up to the heavens. Ella, so what was he saying when he said to him, don't talk about more than 10? It can't be a private domain because private domains go way above 10. It's the other way. You want to tell me, oh, he was trying to teach him that there's no public domain above 10. Well, that is true. However, it's not, there's no need to teach it. He says, that's an explicit that's an explicit Mishnah. There's no need to teach such a thing. The Tanan, because we learn, if a person threw something four cubits in the public domain, and it hit the wall. It's stuck. We're going to see it stuck to the wall. Above ten, above ten handbreaths. It's like he threw it in the air. It's not considered to have come to rest in the public domain. If it, if it's stuck on the wall less than ten, less than ten That's considered as if it came to rest on the ground of the public domain. In other words, that, 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 that's clear. So we learn that in the Mishnah. Everybody knows. First of all, we say that when something sticks to a vertical wall, it's like it came to rest in the domain that it's in. So we said if it's above 10, that's considered the air. You see that the public domain doesn't go above 10. And below 10, it's considered that it came to rest in the public domain. So even though it's true that a public domain only goes 10 high, but there'd be no need for him to teach it because that was the explicit Mishnah. Ella, so what did he mean when he said, don't talk about above 10? Ella, by possible elimination, not caramelous. He must have been talking about what? Like we said, a public, a, a rabbinic domain, the that a rabbinic domain does not extend upwards of ten handbreaths, and and therefore we said and we said this. We already summarized it, but now, now the Gemara, I preempted the Gemara says it explicitly. When it came to the definition of rabbinic domain, the rabbis gave you the leniencies of a private domain and the leniency of a public domain. It got the leniency of a private domain. The e arba. The same way as a private domain needs a 4x4. Four four. We said if it has an area of 4x4, four four, that is when it is a Carmelis. That's when it's a, a, a rabbinic domain. Below, if it doesn't have 4x4, four four, it is an exempt area. It is a mere exempt area. Pardon me. It is a mere exempt area. Where do we see that it has the leniencies in its definition of a public domain? The ad yud fachem, who the havi karmelis? Again, just like a public domain, up to 10 handbreaths in height, that's when it's a rabbinic domain. Lamalam yud fachem, but above 10 handbreaths, and even in a rabbinic domain, the havi karmelis is not a rabbinic domain.
Gufa, we want to go back to something that was brought in evidence in a previous discussion and discussion for itself. Gufa, for its own self. We learned, Amrav Gidl, Amrav Chia Bar Yosef, Amrav, we learned, We learned, when you had a house that was not ten handbreadths high, we said, for example, it's nine, and only the ceiling completes it to ten, so we learned the following, We said on the roof, you can carry as much as you want. Why? Because it's a true private domain. It's 10 high and more than 4 by 4 in area. But inside of the house, because it's not 10 high, you can't carry in it. It doesn't represent a private domain. It's a rabbinic domain. You can only carry 4, four cubits and not more. Now we said, Amr Abayah, let's take this house, which does not have the law of a private domain, and you're limited to how much you can carry. Amr Abayah says, A very interesting case. Let's say you took this very wide house that's so low, and in the middle of the house, you dug out one hole that's four by four, four by four, no, four by four, and now you made it so that from the from the bottom of that hole to the ceiling, then really are ten handbreadths. So now you really made it. You really made it into what would seem to be at least in that area a private domain. But here's the here's the here's the chiddush. Not only can you carry in that hole, you can carry in the whole house, but way more than four cubits. Even though only one little area is ten high, you can carry in the whole house as if it's ten high. My time, all that area, the whole periphery, the whole perimeter between the hole and the walls, you can still carry more than four cubits. My time, how did it all get the rule of a private domain? Because it's just like a hole in the wall of a private domain. And the rule is that the holes in the wall of a private domain that's on the side of the private domain, that has the same rules as the private domain. So here we look at the whole area outside of that little hole in the middle, as if it's just a big set hole in the wall of the walls of the private domain, and you can carry as much as you want. The itma, because we learned, the rule is everyone agrees that the holes in the wall of a private domain have the same rule as the private domain. Now what about the other way? Let's say what the holes in the wall of a, of a public domain, that is an argument. Abaya Omer Kushusarabim Damu. Rabbah says that the holes in the wall of a public domain are like the public domain. And if you threw four cubits in the public domain and, it's not, and it landed in that hole, and we, for various reasons, we're talking about a hole that's between three and ten high, the person has to be liable because it has the same rules as the public domain and it came to rest in the public domain. Rabbah says holes in the wall of a public domain do not have the rule of a public domain, but it defines its own domain. If it's four by four, then it's a rabbinic domain. And if it's it's less than four by four, it's an exempt area. Obviously, in either way, he won't be liable from the Torah. Now, Rava has a very interesting attack on Abayah's opinion. He accesses what we learned before, that when there was a, when there was a, a hidden corner, an area adjacent to the public domain, we said that it was a rabbinic domain when the house was recessed. Amalei Rava Labayah. Rava says to Abayah, he says, according to you, that the holes, in other words, the extension of a public domain has the rule of a true public domain. According to you, who holds that the holes of Rishus Arabim, the extension of Rishus Arabim has the rule of Rishus Arabim. My Shana Mihad, the Chi Atar of Dimi, 
Amar Rabbi Yochanan, why is it different than what we learned before when we were trying to explain the word Karmelis? He said that the case was that necessary to teach us the case of the recessed area next to the public domain, which we said was a rabbinic domain. He said, according to you, but to have according to you, that recessed area should be the same as holes in the wall of a public domain. It's an extension of the area, and therefore it should really be have the rule of a public domain and not, as we learned, of a rabbinic domain. Abai answered him back, he said, No, there's no comparison. Over there, even though you're right that physically that recessed area extends from the public domain, but it's not pleasant to use. Like we said, you have to go in, you have to go out. It's not really usable. When it comes to a hole in the wall, it's very easy, it's fine, it's very easy for people in the public domain to use that hole, and therefore it gets the true rule of the public domain. Now the Gemara attacks Abaya in a very interesting way, and that is the following. We say that when we have a tradition that takes a less likely possibility rather than someone's possibility that is more likely, it's because the more likely possibility is not true. So we're going to show that a famous analysis does not use when it could have and it should have used a bias fact, and therefore it must preclude a bias fact. Tanan, we learned. Hazorek arba amos bakosel. Okay, a person threw an object in the public domain, he, he threw it, four cubits in the public domain, and it hit the wall above 10, which you know is above the area in a public domain, so it's above, above the airspace of the public domain. The law is that it's, he just threw it in the air. It means nothing. It's, it's, it, he didn't transgress. The way we're reading it now, but if it hits the wall below 10 in the airspace of the public domain, it's as if he threw it on the ground, it came to rest on the ground in the public domain, and he's going to be liable. And when they discussed it, our tradition in the base matters, they said, my Kazorik Baritz, what do you mean he threw it on the ground? It never came to rest, it hits the wall and bounces off. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan answered, we have to say that that whole Mishnah was talking by a fat fig, a sticky fig, and it's stuck to the wall. And that's why it's considered, so when it sticks to the wall within 10 handbreadths of the ground, it's, it's, like it, it's like it came to rest on the ground of the private domain, of the, of the public domain. And the Gemara says to Abaya, if you really believe that the holes in the wall of Rabim have the din of Rabim, why did Rabbi Yochanan, our tradition, decide that you have to read that Mishnah with a sticky fig that it never said, a fat fig, and take such a fraud case? Why doesn't he say the simpler, more likely case, let him explain that Mishnah, with a stone or any other object, or any other utensil, that came to rest in a hole in the wall. That would have been a much simpler explanation. And from the fact that he didn't take the simpler explanation, it must be because he can't give it. And you know why? Because it's not true. Because if a stone went into the hole in the wall of the public domain, it doesn't have the rule of the public domain. And he can't be obligated. And it can't be considered that it came to rest in, on the floor of the public domain. So that was a challenge to Abaya. And the Gemara says, Zimnim Mishani Law. Sometimes he gave one answer, sometimes he gave another. Let's see the first. Zimnim the Mishani Law. Sometimes he answered this way. He said, Shani He said, There's a difference when you talk about a stone or a utensil. The Mahadir Da'ati, 
that their usual nature is they're going to hit the wall and bounce back. Now, even though you're right, let's say once in a while it could happen, they'll hit the wall and, and hit, go right into the hole and stay there. But since usually they don't, the normal nature, they would hit and go back most times, they're not a good example. He said, I, they could have said that. But it's not a good example because it's not the norm. So he took something else that's actually more likely. Even though you said it was less likely, it's more likely. But my case would have, but it would have been true in that case, he would have been liable. But Zimnin, and sometimes Mishael, sometimes he gave a different answer and he said this. He said, you know why I didn't take the example of a stone going into a hole? Because it was talking about a wall that didn't have a hole. I, how do I know? It just happened because I can see by analyzing the Mishnah. Mimai, how do I know that the, that the wall, and that Mishnah is a wall that didn't have a hole? Because you look at the first part, it teaches, it lets you know. It said, when he threw it above 10 handbreadths high onto the wall, we said it's like he threw it in the air. And if you really would want to tell me, because of this Bechor, that's talking about a wall that has a hole, why is it called throwing in the air? It fell, it's resting in the hole. And if it's 10 high, it's going to make its own domain. It'll come out, if it's 10 high, if it's 4 by 4, let's say, for example, it'll be a private domain. And he'll be liable. What do you mean he threw it in the air? He'll be liable for throwing from the public domain into a private domain of four by four. The chitaman, if you want to say to me, says Abaya, Masnisan, the Lesbu, Arbal Arba, no, there's a hole, but it's but it's just not four by four. And that's why he's not obligated. Didn't we learn that we have a preeminent opinion that a hole in a wall, even when it's not four by four, gets the rule of four by four? Because we learned the Malamasar Tvachim, when you when it hits, it goes into a hole in a wall above ten tvachim. And it went and it rested in a hole, koshu of any size. We come to the argument of Rabbi Meir Rabbanan in a different context, but we learned that Rabbi Meir Savar, Rabbi Meir believes it was in a different context. He's talking about mezuzah. He learned even a hole that's less than four by four. We have a legal analysis. Legally, it's the equivalent of four by four. We widen it out till it's four by four. And it'll be as if it was four by four. Rabbi said we don't say that. We don't say that legally a hole in a wall less than four by four is four by four. But as far as we're concerned, the simple opinion should be the opinion of according to the opinion of a mayor, which would be the simple opinion in this Mishnah. Even if it was less than four by four, it'd be four by four. So don't you have to hear from here for the fact that that since according to this the accepted opinion of Rabbi Mayor in a, in a Mishnah that's unsigned. That even less than four by four would be four by four. So if the stone rested, he wouldn't be exempt like he threw it in the air. If a stone rested in a hole above 10, he'd be obligated for throwing from the public domain to the private domain. Above 10 and four by four. Because of the less big horse, you have to say that what? It was clearly talking about a wall that didn't have a hole in it. And since it's a wall didn't have a hole in it, even though what I said is true, that a hole in a wall in a public domain is a public domain. And throwing it to that hole would have been, I, whatever you want to say, it would have been the public domain had you thrown, had you thrown it in the right place. But it was talking about a, a wall that did not have a hole. Shmamino, and indeed you can hear it. So Abaya defended himself one of two ways. And we'll leave the next little part for tomorrow.